Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. It's Emerson Phillips joined by Gamecock Central columnist Scott Davis for a look at Scott's column this week that's up on GamecockCentral.com, the agony and the ecstasy. Scott sounded like a hot Saturday afternoon at Williams-Brice. May have gotten the best out of you and your family at the game. Yeah, there were, it was wilting heat out there. It was just extremely hot. One of the hottest games I've been to in a long time. And that's really saying something because – when I think of football weather as a South Carolina fan, I'm, I'm typically thinking of extreme humidity, lots of uh, blazing sun, sunshine, and a lot of sweat. Um, South Carolina games at Williams-Brice Stadium typically are hot most of the year, and this one was no exception. It was very hot, kind of a listless crowd filing in at the beginning of the game. And the Gamecocks did not give them much to work with for most of four quarters in that game. The crowd never really got into it until right at the very end. There were signs of life when Louisiana Tech was driving down 14 to 13 with, you know, three minutes, two minutes left in the game as the crowd tried to rally a very tired defense at that point. But other than that, that, that crowd never really got into it, and it was hard to blame them because – the Gamecocks just could not get anything going on offense with any consistency. They would have drives that looked promising. They'd be within sight of, of the end zone, and then they just would stall. They'd put the football on the ground a couple of times, couldn't make a field goal to save their souls. It was just a very strange day at Williams-Brice Stadium, but ultimately the Gamecocks Came away with a very hard-fought win, an unexpectedly hard-fought win, and as a result, the crowd ended up leaving the stadium in a very jubilant mood, which I don't think anybody expected was going to be the case with Louisiana Tech in town. Yeah, the Gamecocks shut out for three quarters against Louisiana Tech on Saturday, and that, combined with the heat, sent a lot of people to the exits before the game was over. Scott, the place was far from full by the time the game ended. There's no doubt about it, and and uh, I defend South Carolina fans to the death. Everybody who reads my column regularly knows that. But it wasn't a great performance by the South Carolina faithful on Saturday, and, and I can't really blame them. I think that Kentucky game, talking to a lot of different you know, lifelong hardcore Gamecock fans. I'm not sure we still know the full damage that that entire weekend did to the South Carolina faithful. It just really, really took the wind out of the sails of South Carolina fans. And so 
that showed the following week, this past week, against Louisiana Tech, you had a fan base that came to that game pretty demoralized if they came at all. They weren't ready to rock and roll in the stands by any stretch of the imagination. And it's hard to blame them. That Kentucky game, whether we want it to or not, is still looming. We've not been able to put it behind us yet. And I think that, again, as we talked about ad nauseum last week, when you build up a game to that magnitude, which was done not just by the team, coaches, and players, but by the entire athletic administration at USC, then you better deliver, and you especially can't lay an egg like that against the University of Kentucky, and they did. And as a result, I think this fan base is still trying to find its way back into a way to support this team in 2017. Scott, your mother-in-law couldn't watch the field goal at the end by Parker White? <laughs> she could not, and I understood. I mean, that if you were in the stands when that, that kick was being lined up, you know, Louisiana Tech called two timeouts to prolong the agony before the kick was even made, and um, it, it was truly excruciating, and everybody in the stands felt that. I think typically when you're lining up for a 31-yarder, that's in major college football, typically going to be a chip shot, you know, 97 98% of the time. That's going to go through the upright. So usually when you make a play like South Carolina did to get the football in that position, a 41-yard heave from Jake Bentley that probably had no business being caught, but just a, a great play by Brian Edwards to come down with that, usually there'd be jubilation and ecstasy and uh, exuberance in the stands because you would have felt like almost – Certainly, you just won the football game with that play, but with the way things have gone for South Carolina kicking the ball this year, there was anything but that kind of feeling in the stadium. It was more a feeling of, is this really going to happen again at this point in the football game? And until that thing went through the uprights, I don't think a single person in that stadium was happy, excited, or anything of the kind. And so... I think that's kind of why there was such a release of emotion when that game was over. And as I wrote in the column, it almost seemed like the Gamecocks had won a huge SEC game against a formidable opponent as people left the stadium because at this point any made field goal is just such an unexpected event that I think everybody shared my mother-in-law's feelings as that thing was being lined up. It just You didn't feel good until it was through the uprights. So the Gamecocks rallied from 13 to nothing down, scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to beat Louisiana Tech. 17-16 the final, and Scott, a fantastic catch by Brian Edwards at the end of that ball game on the 41-yard deep uh, throw by Jake Bentley to set up Parker White's game-winning field goal. Brian mm -hmm. Edwards just went up and got the football. You know, in traffic, he made a fantastic catch and may have – save the Gamecock season. At least that's the way it felt. So Brian mm -hmm. Edwards gets the first Debo Samuel large pepperoni pizza game ball of the week. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the way South Carolina used to exploit Alshon Jeffrey where you just heed the ball up in the air and he would always just come down with it. And um, that's what Brian Edwards did here. I mean, listen, you know, congratulations to Jake Bentley for having the moxie to move around in that pocket and get that throw off but that wasn't a, a laser-like throw with 
precision accuracy. It it was lobbed up for grabs. There's no question about it. And the Gamecocks are just very fortunate that Brian Edwards was the one who was able to reach up into the air and pull that thing down. And he also had five other catches, had 122 yards receiving for the day. And if Debo Samuel's not going to be available, which he's not, the Gamecocks are going to have to have some other playmakers step up. And we kept hearing throughout the offseason that that this football team was loaded with weapons uh, at skill positions on offense. And so we need to see that. It, it can't be a one-man show with Debo Samuel doing everything, which is what he did for the first two and a half games of this season. So if this offense is going to have any hope of making some noise, especially now that SEC play is really beginning in earnest, then they're going to have to have um, some playmakers step up. And at least in this game, Brian Edwards did that, and he needs to keep doing it every week, and so do a lot of other guys who play offense for South Carolina. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with our columnist, Scott Davis. Check out Scott's piece on the site this week. It's the agony and the ecstasy. Download the Gamecock Central Radio app on the App Store and on Google Play. We've got this free phone app that allows you to listen to our podcast on your cell phone or mobile device. Subscribe to our podcast. Search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. The app is free. Our podcasts are free. Download the app today, and be sure to take advantage of the Gamecock Central hotline. We've got this new phone number set up that allows you to call in and be a part of our Gamecock Central Radio podcast. Call in, leave a question about Gamecock football or a future opponent, and Wes Mitchell or Chris Clark will answer your question on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. The phone number is 803-497-9058. The Gamecock Central hotline, 803-497-9058. Call in, leave us a message, and we'll play a recording of your voice on a future edition of Gamecock Central Radio. So, Scott, uh, Brian Edwards gets the first game ball of the week. Tyson Williams, running back out of Sumter County, who didn't get a, a carry in the previous week, uh, the loss to Kentucky, and that left a lot of the Gamecock fans scratching their heads. Well, he was heavily involved on Saturday, and he gets a game ball. Yeah, it was very strange um, the way they came out. It, it, I would never suggest that this was the case, but it, it was almost like the Gamecock offensive coaching staff had been listening to fans complain about that all week and were responding accordingly. It, it just felt like almost as though they were saying, oh, you really want to tie Tyson Williams? Well, we're going to get him to you over and over and over again. He just kept getting the football in the first half and made good things happen when he did, which only continues to make you wonder why in the world it took so long to begin to incorporate him into the game plan for this offense. He pretty much closed down that game on the road in Missouri. You come home against Kentucky and what has been billed as the biggest game of the Will Muschamp era, and he doesn't get a carry, which makes very little sense to most people who follow South Carolina. So he got a lot of carries and did a lot with them in uh, the first half especially of the game. He ends up with 95 yards, almost gets 100, and looks very good doing it. So going forward, especially with Rico Dallow getting a little banged up in the second half, uh, one would imagine that he's going to be the primary ball carrier for South Carolina, at least for the foreseeable future. But, you know, who knows? I mean, uh, <laughs> based on what we've seen so far, we don't really know who's going to be carrying the football from week to week for this team. But you'd like to see them settle into some kind of routine, a one-two punch of some sort, 
And he made the most of his opportunities on Saturday, and that's all you can do. Scott, you gave yourself a deflated ball this week for uh, the videos of Jadavion Clowney and Alshon Jeffrey that were played <laughs> on the Jumbotron, and you said you got an empty feeling inside when you saw those videos. I tell you, when you see that, it's just – it's. It, it, the Gamecocks' run of glory years is so recent at this point. It's so tangible. You can still feel it. You can still reach out and touch it, you know. And seeing those guys in the Gamecock uniform again, I, I just about gotten used to seeing them in their NFL uniforms. But when they played those tribute videos to, to them uh, this past Saturday, you couldn't help but, but realize the the guys that we miss and the kind of guys that we hope to attract to South Carolina in the future, they're going to have to show some momentum uh, at some point. You can't keep selling something if you're not uh, showing results on the field. And no matter how good at recruiting this staff is, and they're very good, which is one of the main reasons they were hired and assembled to lead South Carolina, you've got to show some results. And so, I think South Carolina fans right now are feeling a little uh, trepidation about the future. It's certainly understandable. And when you see guys from the recent past like that, it only reminds you of the types of players that you probably don't have right now. And hopefully you will be getting in the future. And as I said, to do that, South Carolina has to have some kind of momentum in 2017 so right now they're three and one i think if you told most fans before the season you'll be three and one after that stretch at the beginning of the year where you play two games away from home that could easily go either way in fact you were a decided underdog against nc state i think most people would have probably accepted that but i think it's the way that you got to that three and one and the deflation after starting two and oh and you're coming home with a chance to really build some momentum, then you have that disappointment against Kentucky, and then you barely survive against Louisiana Tech. So I think it, that's the reason why you may be 3-1, and one, but you don't feel joy throughout game cognition right now. Yeah, I get a bit of an empty feeling when I see Jadavion Clowney Alshon Jeffrey, DJ Swearinger, other former Gamecocks making plays in the NFL on Sunday. I get that same feeling, Scott. So, uh, Scott, you take to task this week members of local media for criticizing Gamecock fans for not producing a rabid environment for this game against Louisiana Tech. And I appreciate that, Scott. You know something, Emerson? This is something that has bothered me forever. I, I I just don't understand it. And I'm never going to understand it. And and so let me let me preface what I'm about to say by saying the following. I think that most Gamecock not most. I think there's a significant number of Gamecock fans who believe there's some sort of conspiracy in the media against South Carolina. They believe ESPN hates them. They believe Kurt Herbstreit hates them. They believe that anyone who announces their games hates them. I do not believe that, okay? I don't believe that. What I do believe, though, is true, and I think we could, if I wanted to, I could go one by one through media members throughout the decades, quite frankly, who've done this, who really do seem to um, get some sort of enjoyment out of trolling the South Carolina fan base. Now, this is not unique. Before the 
Boston Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. That was something that the Boston media had a lot of fun doing. The Philadelphia media does this to fans of all three, four, excuse me, all four of their major professional sports teams. So it's not just the University of South Carolina whose local media seems to genuinely want to antagonize their fans, but I do think in college sports it is somewhat unique. I I just simply don't see the local media really almost in a state of war with the fans of their local team, quite like South Carolina's uh, local media often seems to be. And this past week we had yet another classic example where you had some some members of the local media, some of whom have been covering this team for <clears throat> literal decades, who felt that the major story Saturday was that South Carolina's fans weren't uh, as dedicated as they should be and, and hadn't shown up in droves to watch this team play Louisiana Tech when it was almost 90 degrees at kickoff and when South Carolina had just endured, without question, the most deflating, disappointing loss, certainly of the Will Muschamp era, probably of the last 10 years or so. And um, to me, that just makes no sense. Because the one thing that has been constant throughout the entire history of South Carolina football has been that the fans show up week after week. They're always there. And they support a team, whether you like it or not, the facts just simply show a team that does not deliver. They don't deliver year after year. And these fans continue to support them. And I'm one of the people who does. And so to hear that you are part of the problem, if not the greatest part of the problem, just seems so absurd to me, so out of line with what's actually true, and really pointless. Do you really think it's going to be rocking on Saturday at 3.30 for Louisiana Tech when you just had the most deflating experience as a fan probably in the last decade when you're being asked again to get your hopes up for this program and you get disappointed in that manner? I I just don't understand how the fans always seem to find themselves with a target on them from some members of the local media who have no idea what it's like to actually be a fan of this program. And it does bother me that that keeps happening. I guess at some point I need to just accept that and get used to that and understand that if you're a fan of South Carolina, that's just part of the burden that you're going to have to carry among many others. But it it remains inexplicable to me, and I had to to point that out. Plenty more game balls and deflated balls in Scott's column this week. Scott Davis writes that, The Gamecock season looked dead, but then the late catch by Brian Edwards and the Parker White field goal brought the season back to life. Scott, no shame for the Gamecock fans who chanted Gamecocks on the way out of the stadium Saturday. Gamecocks needed a win, and it wasn't pretty, but they got it. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that the fans are going to celebrate probably in a a rational fashion any win that we get this season. I think we know that looking at the rest of the schedule, wins may not be easy to come by for this unit. Um, still a lot of young players 
a lot of uncertainty with what the identity is on offense. And so we're going to celebrate every win as they come. And even if it's a one-point win at home over Louisiana Tech, it's worth celebrating, especially in the fashion in which that game was won. Because as I wrote in the column, if you were sitting in the stands, it, it had already been determined that this game was going to be one of those typical South Carolina football disasters that unfortunately we've gotten all too used to seeing at Williams Bryce Stadium. And somehow or another, South Carolina was able to pull that thing out and, and do so really in unexpected fashion considering what's been happening with the field goal kicking this year. So absolutely that was worth celebrating because it, it felt like it came out of nowhere. And so uh, I was happy walking out of that stadium. So was everybody else that was there. And I don't think anybody needs to apologize for that. Gamecock problems compounded by injuries that are mounting as we reach the midway point of the season. Scott, uh, good column this week. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Always a pleasure, Emerson. Talk to you next week. All right, that's Scott Davis, our columnist here on Gamecock Central Radio. Scott's a Gamecock fan. He's a Gamecock alum living in Atlanta, and he brings us a fan's perspective each week here on Gamecock Central. Check out his column this week. The headline is The Agony and the Ecstasy. And for Scott, I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for being with us on GCR. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.